From the EPR Creations Studio, this is Jason Staples bringing you Unconquered with Doc Staples. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by EPR Creations, by Luis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, by Shenandoah Real Estate in the Research Triangle of North Carolina, by Garage Makeovers, the number one garage remodeling company in South Florida, and by my newest advertising partner, Justin Galloway of Benchmark Mortgage. As always, information's in the show notes. Let them know you heard about them from the Unconquered podcast with Doc Staples. All right. Well, we're not going to spend too much time on this because, quite honestly, uh, it's been it's been a week, and I think for the most part, this is a fairly simple, fairly straightforward game to evaluate. This is the preview for the Florida State Syracuse game, of course, and quite frankly. This is a game where it's it's a very different game than it would have been about six weeks ago because Syracuse came into the year, and I think this is a well-coached Syracuse team on both sides of the ball, and they came into the year with a Ronda Gadsden, a few uh, wide receivers that could play, Garrett Schrader, a dual-threat quarterback who's a legitimate threat with both his, his legs and his arm, and a defense that's opportunistic and and quick across the board on the on the front seven, really active, get after you. Uh, they were very active even against Clemson. Clemson, I mean, scored 31, but they had a uh, they had a defensive turnover and a and a late score there that I mean, really that was that was a closer game throughout than than it than the scoreboard reflects and Clemson didn't really move the football a bunch on them. This is a pretty good Syracuse team overall. And then just the last couple weeks, last few weeks, they just have been getting banged up and they are not the same team they were at the beginning of the year. This is this is really an outmanned Syracuse team that I think is going to have a lot of trouble in this game. This is a Florida State team that has playmakers playing up against a Syracuse team that really if Garrett Schrader doesn't make a bunch of big plays with his legs, you just wonder where the plays are going to come from on that side of the ball. And you know, I think this Syracuse team is going to have a hard time scoring. I mean, they scored seven against against uh, North Carolina last week on the road at North Carolina, got beat forty to seven, and I mean, barely crossed midfield in that game. And and North Carolina's defense has significantly improved, but they're not as talented across the board as as Florida State's, and they have not been as good consistently as Florida State's on the season. And frankly, there just wasn't a whole lot there for, for Syracuse. They just didn't have a whole lot to do. And it's just a matter of they don't have a whole lot of ammunition remaining. And like I said, I think they're a well-coached team. They will find ways to hurt you if you're not disciplined. But it's just a matter of not having the horses on that side of the ball. And Florida State, defensively, this game, they need to make this game look like the first quarter against Virginia Tech for multiple quarters. I mean, that's what it should look like. First half, Syracuse should not score in the first half just because of the situation that they've got talent-wise and in terms of injuries and everything else. I mean, they've had a, a key injury on the offensive line. They've lost multiple wide receivers. One of them may be back uh, this week, but they they just don't have those players. And I think this is a team where your first team defense and Florida state's going to rotate a lot of guys, even early in this game, 
but your you know pre garbage time defense before your guys before all your your key guys sit down. This is a de- this is an offense that you should be able to hold in the threes. You know, even even more, I think, than what you played against with Virginia Tech. I think this this offense has more of a talent deficit relative to what you are bringing to the table than than that Virginia Tech team did, because they don't have a back like what Virginia Tech has, and they don't have uh, really a, a receiver that gives you any of the the trouble that uh, that Virginia Tech had. So, yeah, I, I think this is a this is a team where you you come in and you basically do the same thing you did against Virginia Tech. You try to make sure the quarterback doesn't hurt you with his legs. That's the main thing. Contain him in the pocket as, with with controlled rush, but you really get after him anyway. You single cover when you want to, and you you suffocate that offense. And I think that's the ball game right there. So, you know, I, I could stop this preview right here, and that probably is enough. Nevertheless, we should discuss the other side of the ball. I think, frankly, on this side of the ball, on the Florida State offense side of the ball, this game, because you know that, they, that they're going to have trouble scoring on you on the other side, this is another game that gives you an opportunity to continue to work on some of the things that you haven't done as well this year, that you know you're going to need to be able to do well moving forward. The other thing that, that is beneficial for you in this game is that you're playing against a team that's an odd front team. They play a 3-3 stack, uh, similar in a lot of ways to what NC State does. Uh, and they really get after you. I mean, they they slant, they they stunt, they bring extra guys from different spots. You're never quite sure where they're going to come from. And, you know, they're pretty disciplined and good on the back end. So you have to make sure that you're communicating up front. You have to make sure your backs do a good job in, in blitz pickup, all those sorts of things, or they can, they can get shots on your quarterback. So that's one thing is you got to continue to work on that. The other, though, is that this gives you an opportunity to work on some of the some of the things in your run game that you're going to need against teams that do some of these things. This is another game where uh, the G concept that Norvell has always loved against odd front and especially against three three type front uh, defenses that that play probably hits again for a couple big plays. And this is a play, this is a game where I'd expect Benson to have another long run or two. And I think this is a game where you know, Hill and maybe, you know, a guy like 26, like uh, Kaziah Holmes gets an opportunity in this game. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get some some carries here. This is one of those t- games where I think you also try to get some of your backup offensive linemen in there and give them some opportunity if you can get it to garbage time a little earlier than what you got it last week against Virginia Tech. But I think early on, the emphasis on First of all, I think they're going to try to get the ball to Keon Coleman some early. He didn't do a whole lot in the passing game last week. I think they want to continue to feed him just in terms of the psychological aspect of that and making sure he stays involved and and you know feels fed in that respect. I wouldn't be surprised to see early on first quarter to see a few balls go to Keon. Uh, and then beyond that, I think you you really push the running game and you try to continue to work on on establishing some rhythm there. Like I said, with the the G concept, I think you'll see some more duo again. I think you're going to see some uh, some of the, the the things that they played with there to continue to get better and a little bit more diverse in the running game than they were early in the year. Uh, and then also a, a number of counter variations that they're going to have ready to roll. And that's one of the things that you know Mike Norvell teams have 
typically progressed over the course of the year. And one of the reasons for that is that they typically expand the overall run game uh, repertoire and get better across the board and get more diverse in terms of what they're able to do successfully in the running game, which makes them harder and harder to defend. You can't just hone in on say counter or, or inside zone or something like that. You know, whatever their, their bread and butter has been. And oftentimes it's been counter. Uh, they often will get more and more diverse as the season goes on with more wrinkles in the running game based on the necessary wrinkles that you have to have to be able to ensure that teams can't just take away what you do well. And I think, again, this week, maybe even next week, you get you continue to get more opportunities to add to that repertoire and add some things that you that you feel good about. And also to identify, I mean, the thing is they hadn't really gotten one thing that they could hang their hat on in the running game so far this year, up until maybe last week when, you know, the, the G play sort of uh, emerged as that. This is another opportunity to continue to work through that and, and find your identity a little bit, continue to work through those things and be in position to be a more balanced football team going into the second half of the schedule. I mean, I think that's, that's gotta be, that's gotta be core. And, you know, beyond that, you're hoping to just get out of this game healthy and uh, with basically having gotten a bunch of young guys some op- opportunities for reps against a team that is going to be active and, and is going to be able to, to, to give you some, uh, some good looks. And I know that's, it sounds like you're really just potentially overlooking this Syracuse team. But honestly, I mean, this is a team that uh, they they the play disparity last week against Syracuse was ninety some plays for for uh, for North Carolina. I think North Carolina had like ninety three or ninety seven plays, and uh, Syracuse had in the fifties because they just couldn't move the football and they couldn't stop North Carolina. And you know Florida State doesn't quite have the consistency in the passing game that Carolina has at this stage, but they do have the kind of playmakers and, and big play ability in the passing game and in the running game, They're better running game overall than what North Carolina has. And there's no reason to think that they can't basically replicate the same kind of uh, domination of a Syracuse team. That's probably even a little bit more tired after, after consecutive road trips and given up that many plays in the first place last week. So I think this is an opportunity for Florida State to finally put a team away and play closer to a complete game. I think there's still probably going to be some things to complain about after this, but uh, by and large, I think on the scoreboard, this is going to be pretty convincing. I'm going to go with Florida State winning this game. Uh, We'll go uh, 52 to, let's say, Syracuse scoring 10. And I think those come in more garbage time situations. I think... This this is one of those games that could be something like twenty eight to nothing or, or or worse at the half, and honestly, that's what Florida State, if they want to continue to progress, that's what they need to do, and they need to get used to playing at that high level for longer stretches of time without some of the lulls that they've had. Uh, so I think that's something that they're going to emphasize coming into this game. Start like you did against Virginia Tech, but you got to keep your foot to the foot on the gas and get into the third quarter and put that game away. And, and I think that's going to be the point of emphasis. I think they'll actually be able to do that against the Syracuse team. Be really interesting uh, to, to watch and see how they they manage to do that. But I think this is a game where they're able to get the running game further off the ground and continue to uh, to work on that stuff. Feed a couple of guys that need some reps. And then basically you're going to see 
uh, Jordan Travis and Trey Benson and Keon Coleman and some of those guys on the sideline by by the time you get to the the end of the third quarter, middle of the third quarter, somewhere in there. I think that's what you're going to see. Again, this is that's this is not casting aspersions against Syracuse. I think this is just a matter of Syracuse is really banged up. They don't have a ton of depth. They didn't have a ton of depth coming into the uh, into the season, and you know Dino Babers commented as much uh, in in a. Uh, in a press conference earlier this week where he was asked about depth and he was like, what depth there's, you know, depth is all in the transfer portal. And, you know, there's some truth to that. And they just, they basically have been hit pretty hard by the injury bug and they didn't have the ability to, uh, to withstand that all that much. And I think this is, this is a game where you're going to see a pretty overwhelming uh, talent edge on both sides of the ball. And if this game is close, if this game's within 17 points uh, in the third quarter, even I think, I think something has, something has gone wrong for Florida state and they've got to continue to work through trying to figure out how to put teams away, but we're, we'll see how this goes again. That's why they play the game. Go ahead and wrap there. I'm not gonna waste your time on this. Uh, I'll have plenty to plenty of analysis after the game, but uh, not a whole lot of use spending too much time on this beforehand. This has been unconquered with doc staples. I'm your host doc staples. Thanks for listening. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave a five-star rating over at Apple Podcasts and wherever else you listen to podcasts, post and repost episodes on social media, and tell a friend. And if you haven't left a review in a while, do it again. It really does help the visibility of the podcast. Before we go, I'd also like to thank my advertising partners once more. That's EPR Creations, Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, Shenandoah Real Estate in the Research Triangle of North Carolina, Garage Makeovers, the number one garage remodeling company in South Florida, and Justin Galloway of Benchmark Mortgage, serving Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, and Kentucky. You can also stop by the Unconquered shop at unconqueredpodcast.com where you can buy stickers, pins, magnets, t-shirts, and other swag. And thanks also to all those supporters over at Patreon where I post video analysis and field questions for the podcast. I am especially grateful to those above the dynasty level. That is Andrew Garrett, Brian Leininger, Neil Cook, Casey Kidd, Chris Chartrand, Dave Blair, Hector Cartagena, Jack Horton, Jimmy Van, Jonathan Kennedy, Keith Cheney, Lee Caswell, Tyler Kashishke, Vince Calandra, and Bert Bertoldi. You all are far more generous than I deserve. I'm really grateful. Thanks to you all. This has been Unconquered with Doc Staples. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. I made this.